Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So guys, this week on the podcast, we have the lovely Nicole O'Connor. Nicole is an actress, a singer, a playwright, a facts contributor. Nicole kind of does it all and she really, really is um, great. We talk a lot about her play coming up in the Dublin Gay Theatre Festival, which is also going to be paired with a a, a lovely play that my friend Liam Moore wrote called Wasting Paper. Uh, Please do check that out at the Pierce Centre. Nicole gives all the dates and all the proper plugs, uh, which is brilliant at the end of the episode. And I really, really recommend it. They're going to be paired. It's going to be Squad Theatre Company meets Nicole. Connor's um, brilliant new play and uh, absolutely get out there and support some live theatre in Dublin and before we get into it I just want to say a few thank yous as always a massive thank you to Gavin Ryan to Keila Whelan to Stacey for getting in touch to uh, Missy Brennan to Stephen to all the regulars who always get in touch guys it means so much to hear from you uh, and I really really appreciate it Um, also We've got some kind of exciting news because next week on the podcast, we're going to have a special American edition. Uh, I was over in Chicago a couple of weeks ago and I got to do uh, some really exciting episodes with some really good uh, Chicago comics and improvisers in the shape of Carly Kane and Nick Jester. So please do have a listen next week because um, it's pretty cool to get a different uh, perspective, a bit more diversity on the podcast. And uh, yeah, I think uh, you'll really enjoy that. But without further ado, guys... Please do enjoy Nicole O'Connor playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. We play Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. I'm so ready. All right, let's <laughs> do it. Okay, and the energy just shot up. I know. What the listener will never know is that we speak before this yeah. and we tell secrets and they'll never know. And then I just speak louder when we start doing this. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I'm such a phony. Oh my God, I'm a you're liar. such a phony. They'll never know the real me. <sighs> that <laughs> energy, though, you made that happen to uh, Yeah. <laughs> One to a hundred, I'm like a Ferrari man. Uh, all right, uh, let's do it. So um, I'm going to just explain the premise. I think you kind of know the crack. There's 60 balls in this bowl. Oh uh, there's God. 60 questions on this sheet. I'm going to put 60 minutes on the clock, and I'm going to uh, give you a sheet with six numbers on it. Okay. Um, if all of your six numbers come out, that means that you get to ask me any question that you like. And I promise, I promise, I promise I'll answer completely, <laughs> honestly, truthfully, complete transparency. All right, okay, do us a favor. Read out those numbers just so everyone's clear on uh, on what you what you have. Okay. Excuse me, that was the tiniest burp ever. You probably <laughs> didn't hear that. Okay, <laughs> so we got 4, 16, 32, 23, 54, and 49. You should definitely present the lotto. Thank you so much. That's incredible. Okay, right. Will we just play? Let's go. I'm ages. so excited, Tom. I'm such a fan of the podcast. I've been listening. Like, I've been re-listening. And I just, I don't know. I love it. That's amazing. Tweet about it. Send out a little tweet. We were talking about this yesterday. I'm, I'm going to be do a bit of shameless self-promotion here. One. That uh, I need to start, like, tweeting about it more and, like, pushing out and, like, trying to get, like, like uh, not to say that you are not my dream guest because you are. Thank you. I but, know. I'd love to have Glenn Hansard. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> or or uh, uh, just like try and get like really cool people. And um, yeah, so thank you so much. Anyone out there who's listening, please send a tweet. It actually does make a big difference or like a Facebook or just recommend it to a friend because uh, it's real nice that you like it. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's I cool. really like it. That's that's great. And hey, listen, Glenn Hansard is one of those Irish celebrities that everyone seems to bump into. I know like five people that have met him personally, really? you know. Glenn Hansard is probably my 
one of my biggest heroes in the world. Oh, really? Yeah, I've seen him like six or seven times. I've never seen him live, but I remember like just listening to what's that song of his? Um, is it like Seven Day Mile or something? Oh, is it Way Back in the Way Back When? Uh, maybe. I remember listening to that when I was 13, being like, oh. yeah, the song gets me. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> he, he's just great. And, and live, it's one of the best things mm. ever. He's so good. He's such a great storyteller. The energy, his vocals are incredible. The band he has, I couldn't recommend it anymore. He plays a gig at Vicar Street at Christmas time, just before Christmas. Mm. And I was thinking about it the other day, uh, I was thinking about what I would say if we got him on the podcast. And I would I would honestly tell him that he's been a part of some of the best days of my life. Like, seeing him live, wow. it's been just, like, incredible. Just, like, mind-blowingly good. Anyway, there anyway, you go. Yeah. Uh, right, let's do it. So, it's 12.21. We're going to play until 1.21. And, um, yeah, we'll have all the fun. That kind of rhymed, because one rhymes with fun. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll stop talking. <laughs> All right, yeah, here we up. go. Okay, it's number 29. Okay. Ooh, that noise wasn't anticipated. Do you have 29? I don't. Okay, well, no worries. Um, ooh, we're going right in there. Okay, we're going right in there. So, what is your definition of success for yourself? Oh, God. Um, my definition for success for myself would be... Um, I suppose just... Not having to have another job, you know, mm-hmm. other than my dream job, you know, I'm. It's an interesting thing for me. Well, only to me, but there's so many things that I want to do. Like I'm an actor, singer, and all this kind of stuff. So I don't know exactly what like is my dream thing to do, but whatever that is, I hope that, you know, just as long as I'm making money through just that and I'm living in a nice place or whatever, I think I'll be happy. That's my definition of success. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's so great that you do loads of things because I think now, especially, uh, look, I'm in the, I feel like I'm in the exact same place as you. Yeah. Uh, and I think now, uh, and I, I feel like that as a lot as well. I'm like, uh, I, I, like I, I write a lot and then I, I act like any chance I get and I, I try mm. comedy and I, I write music too. And it's like, I think that that's actually so important, especially now mm. because I think before you could, it was much easier to, to be one thing and I know it's such a cliche thing to say but with the internet and stuff like that it is so much like you kind of have to like what you were saying about about your one woman show which we'll talk about later um, but you have a show coming up both sides now and I, off mic we were just talking about how it is it's it's great that like you wrote that you're playing music in it you're performing in it uh, you know I know you had producers and stuff but like inevitably end up part producing it yourself mm. like that's incredible I think that's what you got to do so I think that's great yeah, sometimes I think maybe I should just dedicate myself to one thing mm-hmm. and tr- like really put all my efforts into one, like, you know, either the acting or the singing or the writing. Yeah. But ultimately it's not, you know, I love doing all these things, but I love doing them all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be a little bit unhappy if I just had to do one of them. Well, yeah. maybe not. I mean, no, and still. It, it depends. I know. I completely know what you mean. And I, mm. I, I think about this too. But I wonder if you were. So let me ask you this. If, like, because whenever someone asks me this question, I honestly struggle with it. I could, I think I could find an answer, but if you had to, had to, had to just pick one of those things to do, like singing, playing music, writing, okay. acting, like, if you had to, what would you pick? I think singing, because singing was the first thing that I realized myself that I could do. And it's yeah. something that comes very naturally to me. It's uh-huh. something that I didn't have to train to do to work professionally in you know my before I even trained in performance I toured singing 
you know so it's yeah definitely definitely singing oh that's i feel bad now that i'm you saying see, definitely and that's, yeah that's exactly what you shouldn't ever i don't think you should ever limit yourself like no that. But I, I completely understand you're say, like you're saying like if you're splitting your time like by doing all these things like if I streamlined it maybe I'd get like you know four times the results rather than splitting my time into four different ways. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true, especially if mm. that's like if it, it feels true to you to do all of them, then I, I think that's really important. I think that's what you should listen to. I think I should too. I don't know. I like what the fuck do I know? But I'm just saying like from from listening to you and like um, from you know knowing your various talents yeah it, it'd be such a waste like if you're uh if you're like everyone's gifted with with like various things but i think that it's so important to if you think you only have one thing to look around because you almost definitely don't and i mean i, I don't mm -hmm. even mean that in a creative field but like you know i'm sure we all have friends who are in college for different bits or who are you know entering the work force in in, in different ways and if they think that like oh i'm the accountant who's really good at numbers well maybe you're not like maybe you're like a really good leader as well and that's actually really important too yeah. or maybe you're actually the person who is a really good ear for someone to listen to and and that's a that's a total mm -hmm. skill as well and it's maybe like it complements it because i don't know what type of if i just did singing i don't know what type of singer i'd be because i don't listen to like the top 40 and i don't mean that in a hipster way it just doesn't agree with my ears like yeah and i'm not i'm only now learning how to play the guitar and become like a musician but i don't like write songs or anything like that so i don't even know what i'd be like if i was just a singer you know what i mean yeah. and which is why i loved i paired it with acting and like musical theater was my first thing that i wanted to do because mm. i was like okay so i can sing and act together yeah. oh my god yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah which is it is yeah it is an amazing thing and it's funny musical theater because some people don't get it which and i get not getting musical theater mm -hmm. like i don't like most musical theater yeah i work in musical theater like for a good chunk of like a good chunk of my jobs have been musical theater mm. but like i don't like a lot of it like i totally really? get it but when but when it all comes together and when it's good i'm like whoa this is like there's something really special about like because music can just do something to you that nearly anything else in the world can't mm -hmm. and when you can get that together with really good storytelling and really good performers and like this level of truth like i think that's crazy it's so impactful powerful. yeah mm -hmm. absolutely i kind of i'm conscious of like getting all these numbers Tom I was Tom. just gonna Come say on. I'm sorry I'm you see this is my tactic I get you talking <laughs> alright okay let's go again alright here we go number 59 59 54 oh I keep looking at that 49 and getting confused yeah. I don't know yeah. right okay number 59 when was the last time you wrote a letter oh um last time I wrote a letter was um aside from my show which featured like love letters so i had to write letters as a prop mm -hmm. um which was great because i could kind of read from the letters as well obviously yeah. i was off book as well but it was nice to have a moment in a one woman show where you could hold something in your hand and know that the lines were there oh absolutely yeah why act like you're reading when you can just read exactly that'd be my attitude <laughs> there you go yes. um last time i wrote a letter was uh last year around christmas time um a friend of mine in a show um he we were working backstage we were uh we were in a show together called uh henry the sixth part three mm -hmm. one of the most famous shakespeare's well loved shakespeare's in the world he slipped a letter in my bag and beautiful letter where he was just like oh you're a great friend and everything like that p.s here's a two euro back from when i you gave me money for me to get you lunch the other day and i thought that was so sweet that he wrote this like elaborate letter and then he was like take back your money go Aww. on so i wrote a letter back to him and slipped it in his bag and i just thought it was the sweetest thing where i was like how take your money back again sir 
Uh, and it, I don't know, it, something really lovely happened there when I, when we began like writing letty, letters to each other. It, like our friendship took another turn where it was just really kind of like sweet and we had these little, you know, these little things that we could hold where I'm going to keep those letters forever. Yeah. Where, you know, we're just saying, you know, you're a good friend. I like you. Yeah, completely. There, there. And I, I'm, I, I, you gave no inclination that that's the direction that that relationship was in. But like, there's something so romantic about a letter Completely. from anyone. I was looking at um, I went home like to home home, which is County Meath for me, and uh, mm-hmm. I uh, was going through some stuff in my room. I was looking for something, and uh, I found uh, a letter from an ex girlfriend who I'm still really good friends with, mm. which is great. And I, I just looked at it, and the thought that went into it, and like there was mm-hmm. stuff like stuck into it, and like pictures of my friends and private jokes, and like it would actually nearly make you emotional because it's like that is like so much more amazing than you could ever get in a Facebook message or a text or an Completely. email. There's something about it, and like I'd be the exact same, which is why I wrote it into my show. The idea of having love letters—it's such a like a teenage love kind of thing, and it's so earnest and so sweet. Yeah. And like I have my own love letters from my own like you know exes in my life and I, I cherish them no matter what the like relationship went in the end like I just love them yeah and it's something I don't do enough at all mm. I don't do enough yeah maybe that'll be like a March resolution for me write more letters yeah because it's you don't even need to be at that state in a friendship you know where you find okay this is the right moment where I'm going to write some in a letter it can kind of aid the friendship in a way to write a letter now obviously don't do that to someone you barely know they yeah. might get a bit freaked out uh-huh. but I, something happened there with my friend um in henry the sixth where like our friendship went so much stronger just from that little like romantic gesture yeah and i love that so much yeah yeah it was kind of nice like as in a letter is such a shakespearean device as well there you go it's kind of suitable uh okay Ooh. let's see what we got for you uh number 47 do you have it no. Okay. Right. Number 47. So, what is your biggest career disappointment? Um, I think my biggest career disappointment would be... Um, I was up for a role in quite a popular TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, they film in England and, like, it's... Like, you'd know it. It's kind of made it name for itself like all over the world and America and stuff like that so I was up for like quite a good like featured role in that and I don't know I had to send in like a video audition yeah and like I rented a space and you know I was so like ready to be tv famous and then I just didn't get it and like as an unsigned like I'm I'm not with like an agent or anything like that so like these things aren't like like these things don't happen to me like every week yeah that that would with people who are signed as well but like still mm-hmm. um i don't know it was a big deal for me and then i didn't get it but sure that's life yeah it's re- so how did you get how did you get um how did you get the audition without an agent i suppose um i got a true fish bond which was like Great. crazy you yeah. know like fair play to them because you know it's a for those of you who don't know it's like an agency website that you pay to kind of be a part of and they you know put you or you kind of put yourself forward for professional auditions yeah. and um amazingly through that like i ended up being considered for this role and like yeah i don't know it's great no and so i was thinking about this earlier today funny enough so uh it's on my brain so if it sounds prepared it's because i was thinking about it but um i was listening to this podcast myself uh recently and someone was talking kind of about where we are i suppose both in our 
career because I suppose even reading out that question to you like we spoke about how you are really young you're 20 like uh, mm-hmm. I'm very young as well I'm 23 we're both like very much like at the beginning of our careers Um, so it, it can be like I, I can imagine like it sounding kind of like I can imagine listening to that in like 20 years you know when I'm 43 and being like oh these guys talking about career disappointment but you know mm-hmm. everyone's in a spectrum and um, I completely understand that feeling of being in consideration for something and like in investing in it and uh, like I live my life when I'm in those waiting periods as if I have mm-hmm. the job which is stupid and it's bad for your heart and your emotions because you get so invested I know and I'm you, so guilty of that yeah yeah you love it so much and I think that's ultimately that's a good thing but it, it, it I don't know how sustainable it is long term but, but anyway I was listening to this podcast and someone was talking about you know this place where you're you know auditioning and and mm-hmm. uh, trying to get representation and when when you kind of know all the things you want to do and you're full of all that you know that like good healthy ambition um and how it, it seems unattainable and how you feel like no one knows you but what's actually what was really cool about what they said was they're like that's actually really powerful because to you yes it feels like anonymity and it feels like you're really far away from where you want to be but to someone else it's a really powerful position because they're like i could break this person like in 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 the best way like i could i could be the person who gives them their debut role you know what i mean and like forevermore like um kind of like uh you know you'll be associated with them and if if they like you know believe in you and they think you're like fundamentally talented uh you know everyone wants to be associated with with the next big thing yeah or even a a little thing that's so cool yeah no i i never considered that before that there is power in being like unknown there really Hmm. is that there i think i think there is now like don't get me wrong there's definitely more power in a way in being in being tom cruise you know what i mean or or, or, like that's a silly example but but being like uh established on like the irish uh, or you know international um mm. you know uh theater stage that that, that will probably give you a, a good chance of like moving into like film and tv a little bit easier mm-hmm. or if you had like you know uh, a role on a soap maybe like you know if you leave that in in a in a while you'd be in a place to you know move to uh, a film or something then yeah. they can say well look so-and-so has been in x y and z and x y and z are really successful so let's put so-and-so in our thing and it's likely to work but also it's like well this person like no one knows them like they're like our secret oh like why god. don't we share our secret with the world i love that it's oh nice. my god yeah. that's so yes i'm gonna think of that now. that's gonna stay with me oh now. good i'm glad because someone else, I, it's not my thing someone else said it but mm-hmm. i i just think there's something to be said for it definitely yeah. all right huh we go again yes no, all right let's, let's do it go. Uh, okay <laughs> number 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 seven no. Oh, I thought you had number seven for some reason no no that's okay what is happening um so who's the funniest person you know Oh, that's a hard question to ask someone who's like... Hangs out with so many comedians. So many comedians. I know. I feel like I know more professional comedians than actors at this point. It's just yeah. where I am because like facts has just taken over my life in a way. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm not going to say any of the comedians that I know because, you know... Yeah, they're, they're all, all... Hilarious. They'll be incredibly hurt um, if I don't name them. Uh. Okay. Mm. My friend Aoife is one of the most unintentionally hilarious people that I know, and I don't I don't know how to describe it to another person because it's so like just my group of friends. Like we all went to school together and stuff, and she's just ugh. like she, I don't know. She's very dozy. She's like a she's like an eighty year old woman right. in like the body of like a twenty year old, and like she 
she tries to talk to us like on our group chat and she like misspells words and she's like she would ask us you know what are we doing today because she can't scroll up on like messenger and stuff like that <laughs> i don't know she's just i don't know how to describe this because i've just i've had like many years of just like being in her company that i don't even know where what it is about her that makes her funny yeah. to me but she just is hilarious to me do you like do you get that i do I, and I, I don't know why this is either but i think there's something about home friends that are, are nearly funnier because i agree like mm. I, I like now like i live in town now and I, I like so many of my friends are professionally funny like it's their job to mm. be funny or their job to be entertaining like they're a lot of like a friends a lot of like i suppose entertainers and stuff yeah but like there's something hilarious about those people you went to school with though and mm-hmm. like that you had those like times maybe it's just the subtext of everything that came before makes what they say that bit funnier it's yeah. crazy like some of my hardest laughs have for sure been with like home friends over stupid stuff super stupid and it's even more special now like when we would like meet up and see each other you know because it, we all have branched out and have friends like in different like places and stuff it's really nice to be together as a group and like us all laughing about a thing that only we would find funny yeah. you know yeah. it's really cute yeah it's great so i'll say yeah i'll say Aoife. she's she's a good she's a good gal hey Aoife, friend of the show yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's go again. Okay. Number, number. I have the pen in my hand ready. Uh, that's so funny. Okay. I need to tell you what happened. What? I just picked out number 81 and number 85. Now I can tell you exactly why I did that. Because I thought, as I said at the start, I thought that like I might not have had all the numbers in here. Okay. And then I checked and I was missing two numbers. And I was like, but like, as in, we're just coming back from Chicago because the machine broke. So the the balls like yeah, went everywhere so I thought I was missing two numbers and I thought I was missing number 11 and number 25 so I picked out number 81 and number 85 and wrote and wrote wrote them down here just for the sake of transparency so we wouldn't be missing numbers but then I found them and I obviously forgot to take them out so these are two dummy balls Fact's so sake. this is like a historical moment in personality bingo there's actually like a fault this is like the Oscar equivalent of personality bingo what are you doing Tom you uh, made such a mistake I think that I'm La La Land and you're Moonlight yeah. Or maybe I'm the accountant and you're <laughs> the person who had to read out the nominations. I'm Warren Beatty. I'll you're be Warren happy Beatty. to be Warren Beatty. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Anyway, no <laughs> worry. That can't happen again now because they're gone. That's yeah. just so funny that they came out like together. But anyway. You pick uh, out two and I can't. I still can't get a number. Yeah, okay, okay. So this is going to so. be a number for you. Number 33. No, 32. Oh, so close. <sighs> All right, never mind. Number 33. What's your least favorite word? Um... I think my least favorite word is uh oh, I I don't even like saying it. I, I hate the word fanny. Oh, oh, I don't like fanny either. Isn't it so awful? Oh, even fanny pack. Oh. No, I can't. I can't do it because it's not even oh. fanny. Yeah, it's. Oh. Do you remember in history there was some historical figure in history that you learned about in school and her name was Fanny something. Or like mm-hmm. the first winner of Wimbledon. I don't know what she did, but like, and it used to be hilarious whenever, because it, it's just an awful. Yeah, that name Defo came up like a few times in school and people were like, <laughs> funny. funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny that Fanny is so funny. Yeah, hey, it is. hey, there um, you go. So, do, okay, honest question here. Does Fanny mean vagina? Yes. Okay, I just checked. Did you not know that? No, because, okay, and to you, what does bollocks mean? Bollocks means like testicles. Yeah, you see, I think that too, but 
What? There's another part of me that thinks that both of them mean bum, but I think that maybe that when I was young, I might ask my parents what both of them meant, and they didn't nah. want to say testicles and vagina, yeah. so they just said it just means you're bum. <laughs> and they were just straight true. up liars, and now you're like, well, that's what the word means. Honestly, I do have an association between the two, and I don't know why. Yeah, well, Fanny does mean bum in America. Yes. Yeah, because I know um, that's like that's been a mistake in like fax videos someone like saying like fanny and then like commenters being like oh they like anal or something like that that's it yeah yeah because you see um i remember playing i played pitch and put as a child um really enjoyed it uh it was great great pastime for me of a summer's day but uh and i used to keep my like uh teas and my balls and all that kind of stuff Mm. in a in a little fanny pack but i didn't (laughs) call it a fanny pack no i didn't like saying fanny pack so i called it a bum bag that's a way more acceptable. Yeah, sounds like, better. Kind of nice. Yeah, you got your nice little like alliteration going on. Yeah. Bum bag. Yeah. yeah, I don't. It's just a gross word in every sense because it, you know, it is kind of related to like vagina and then, but you, like you never want someone to associate like your genitals with the word fanny. Like call it a fanny. Yeah, that's not that's not sexy. No, do that in your own time. Yeah, you know. I don't know. Not on my watch. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go again. Okay, here we go. Ooh, the ball came out there. I, didn't I, look just, I just put it back in. Number 13. No. Uh, okay, never mind. Ugh. Never mind. I still have faith in you, okay? I'm cursed. What are your thoughts, speaking of cursed, on the year 2016? Um, well, obviously it was, like, not the best year. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it was a weird year for me as well because like the first half of the year, like I was super motivated and I did loads of stuff and um I was still in college, so and I got like the lead in the musical and well, all the kind of where'd stuff. Where'd you go to college? I went to Bilali. Oh amazing. Yeah, so we did like the lovely big musical in the Civic at the end of the year. Yeah. Um and we did chorus line and it was the best. Amazing. Um but like that was the year that I like I got my shit together and I was super motivated and stuff. And then like I got out of college got like sick completely crashed for like a few months and I just I don't know I I've kind of picked myself up for the rest of the of the year so weird year for me mm. like kind of like a dual like good and bad and then like in terms of all the bad stuff that happened like it's just I'm not sure if this is right because I don't have a mat set on me but like you know like it's just kind of probability obviously there's going to be a year that like all the things just happen to be terrible and loads of people die yeah i mean it was the year that killed david bowie so you know it's a pretty shit year yeah if i could draw a picture of a young david bowie fan i think i'd draw a picture of you really yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see okay all right i don't think i've ever said this before what? and it's kind of it's kind of a bit of a secret mm. a lot of the people that died in 2016 I didn't really know about. I know very little about David Bowie. I'm definitely not a David Bowie fan. Absolutely not opposed to him. And the way he's influenced so many people that I love and admire. I'm uh-huh. like, he's obviously an incredible artist. But I'd be just being uh, dishonest if I claimed to have like known him and been incredibly upset when he died. It was weird. The, the celebrity who I was most upset who died in 2016 was Anton Yelchin. Oh yeah. So the actor who yeah, was crushed was by so his sad. car. That was really sad. Like they were all sorry, they're all really sad. Like any loss of, of human life is sad and um but it uh, yeah, it it was it was it was mad how that happened. And then people, you know, were trying to like rationalise it and saying that well that was kind of the time when celebrity in Hollywood became a thing when a lot of these people would have been in their, you know, you know, fifties, sixties, seventies and getting towards that age. Like I mean, but like 
A lot of them are very young still. Like, how old was Bowie when he died? He was uh, 69, which is still quite young. I feel like that's an appropriate age for him to die at, considering all the crazy sex that man must have had. Oh, God. I loved reading after he died, like, all the groupie stories that would come out. I I did the same when... See, this year that killed Prince Prince, as well. Prince, yeah. See... Their type of music would be the music that I would listen to. Right. Um, George Michael. They're, they all feel in that same bracket of like music as yeah, well. Yeah, they're all like incredibly famous people. And I guess like they live such extravagant, like fast-paced lives that yeah. kind of caught up with them. Well, not caught up with them. I mean, they, I feel like they lived full lives no matter like what age that they died at. You know, it's like that's a pretty damn good life that you got there. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like it's a weird thing that society does as well where it says like a longer life is better. Yeah. Like, it's a kind of weird thing, and I totally understand it because obviously, like, we all—not not all of us, but like, uh, fingers crossed—most people enjoy their life and how they live. But it—it it is a weird thing the way people are just like a longer life's better. It's like, like, why? Not really. Like, it might be. Yeah. I, I don't know. Not necessarily. Yeah. Um, like when I left secondary school, I uh, I started singing in uh nursing homes and stuff mm-hmm. and like it was that really like put things in perspective and made me realize just how like i don't know it, like it, it was just a very sad experience for me to see like these people that were like in a nursing home they're quite old and they i don't know it, it made me quite sad about like some of like what aging does to your body you know yeah, yeah like maybe and maybe that's the thing maybe that's why I'm, why I'm saying that is like so these people you know lived in terms of like age and what like we think is a full life now they lived like if you're in a nursing home you're, you're probably like at least in your 70s 80s mm-hmm. 90s and, and beyond but it's like that 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 part as, you, you know the way you hear people say like oh if i get to the point where i can't talk and i don't have my thoughts like i, I want people to pull the plug or whatever mm-hmm. which is fine and i understand that but it's like those all those examples that we listed like of prince uh Bowie, George Michael, these kind of guys. I, I could be wrong, but as far as I know, like um, they pretty much lived to the full of their capacity un, until the end. I think Bowie might have been sick, was he? He he had cancer. I think I think he found out like a year before, right? Uh, before he died. Um, but he was still like he spent that year like writing his album and yeah. stuff. And so um, they never got to that point where like yeah, their bodies capitulated, which I suppose is what you're seeing in a in a nursing home. And mm. it's, yeah, it's kind of. Like uh, my my granddad passed away. It's almost exactly the year we we did a like a mass for it um at the weekend. Uh-huh. It's almost exactly a year, and I was kind of with him quite a lot for his last like few hours. I suppose like probably his last seventy two hours like right. uh of life, and it was incredible to just like watch like the life leave someone, you know, mm-hmm. and literally like watch life like literally like. Uh, That's like, it. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people say that when like someone dies, there's just that that last like breath yeah i've had that described to me a few times it was like the best way i think i could describe it it was as if like there could have been a counter above his head saying that like granddad has nine thousand breaths left and you were just watching like yeah and like literally like literally life just leaving someone and um and it was it was actually like and I, i don't mean this because like that's what you should say but there was something like profoundly beautiful about it and watching someone like literally return to like a baby Mm-hmm. You know, we couldn't talk, couldn't really open their eyes. Yeah. Just totally, like, return to that, like, state of helplessness, you know? Um, and I guess, yeah, so maybe that's what I'm saying. Like, why do we put more of a value on that? And, like, don't get me wrong, he was with all his family and people who completely loved him, and I think he was very comfortable. Yeah. 
and then these oppositely like these are examples of um albeit very high profile examples of people who just kind of who just kind of you know left the world before they ever got to that point mm. and it's just interesting and i think that at least in all of those examples like prince bowie and george michael they were um they i think they were kind of winding down they weren't at the like pinnacle of their careers anymore and they were kind of like kind of i don't know kind of uh, you know not doing anything really yeah anymore, it, it wasn't you know what like, I mean? like i suppose when someone like you think of that 27 club when someone like amy winehouse dies mm-hmm. or when someone like jeff buckley dies you're like you're like whoa they were like at the peak of their powers maybe exactly you like they I mean? had so much to do yeah you know, left to do um, yeah which is why it was so sad with anton yelkin or yes know, yeah incredible actor mm. yeah beautiful actor but yeah it was a crazy year like Carrie Fisher and her mom, Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. That and was Leonard Cohen, sad. and oh, I mean, you're leaving out so many people. By mm-hmm. yeah, it was you. Uh, you know the way like people are always like, but like God takes his prettiest flowers first, and then like there's that party that's kind of like, well, I'm still here. <laughs> like, <laughs> why am I dead? Why am I dead? If I'm you're taking all the best ones, no, I'm. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think I'm up there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we go again. Yeah, let's go. All right, okay, Come here we go. On. All right. Number number fifty six. Fifty four. Oh, it's kind of close, but it's a no, no cigar. All right. What do you think people's first impressions of you are? Um, I think, I think people, I think people see like my nerves. I think I come across quite like a nervous, kind of like twitchy, kind of like anxious person, and I think people see me as quite timid as well, and um, and maybe just a little bit odd. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I just consider myself. Well, I've had it said to me like for years, like, "Oh, you're you're quite eccentric, Nicole." And I'm like, "Am I? I'm I'm trying to blend in here, guys." And wow, um, yeah, I think, and it doesn't really get me down. I've just kind of accepted it that that's how like I assume I come across to people, and I still, you know, like it's it's not a bad thing necessarily. I kind of wish I was more in control of that, but how you were perceived. How I perceive, yeah, I wish I was more in control of, because you don't want to come across nervous to people, but it, it it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. 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 I don't know. And as well, like, I'm so aware, I'm so aware of our age when we're talking because we're both very young, but I'm three years older than you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to... Going to school me. If I, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. If I am, um, 20 to 23 is not like a long time but it's a long time. Like I, I've, I've changed so much in that time. Yeah. So much. Got so much more comfortable with myself. And I don't know. Why, I don't think that's actually an age thing, really. I think it's probably like an exposure thing and an acceptance thing and like, uh, like uh, a therapy thing mm-hmm. and loads of different stuff. But um, I feel like, fingers crossed, like the only way is up in that way. Like. F- for you because I, I understand that like because if, if, if people tell you that you're nervous you're kind uh-huh. of conscious of like the effect that that might have on them as well as anything else which like exactly you don't want no no but, uh, yeah I'm trying to think of what my first impression of you are I think it's weird when you know someone from facts videos and then you meet them or work with them yeah it is I don't really know you very well thing. really I think we've done one video together. We did one video together, yeah, which I very much enjoyed. It yeah. was it was quite enjoyable. Um, and we've been to like a few parties together. Yeah. yeah what What was your impression of me? Yeah. Because like I could be wrong. I've had people like you know 
say different. I think I no. I think I don't think you're wrong. I don't. I think you're. I think you're like exhibiting excellent self awareness because I think I would have. I I think I think of you a very like gentle person, Hmm. Uh, very like caring. Um, I I could I could see I could I could understand nervousness how that would be perceived, but I think that I probably would associate that with myself, especially maybe myself uh, even like eighteen months ago. So that wouldn't unnerve me or make me feel uncomfortable or anything like that i feel like sometimes in a way um because i am very honest about like how i feel and like you know uh i love to tell people like oh i'm feeling like crap right now or i'm feeling nervous or like just being honest with that and i think people seeing me as a nervous person it almost like that's a part of themselves i think everybody has that nervous part of themselves and if they see that in a person you know they're like okay i I, I see that I appreciate the fact that, you know, I understand that person, yeah. if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, really I feel endearing. like I'm a, I'm a relatable, like, character in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's kind of nice to see, like, not the cracks in someone, but you know what I mean? Mm. To see, like, it's kind of, I think that's what, like, is kind of nice about, like, certain celebrities as well. Like, someone like Ed Sheeran, like, people love Ed Sheeran. Mm-hmm. Why do people love Ed Sheeran? Probably because he's not the most handsome guy in, you know... Hollywood or whatever you yeah. know in the in the entertainment industry like he feels relatable he kind of and he like he I don't know do you know what I mean no no I I get it yeah and I I can only hope that I am that type of person as well and that I you know I'm not making people uncomfortable with yeah no I am but like I've never never like I wanted to play like games or try and come across as like more confident or like I don't know. I've never wanted to trick people in that way. It's not really tricking, but I've always just been very honest about like how I'm feeling. Uh-huh. You know the way you know some people like hide that because they want to become, you know come across stronger. I've never had that part of me. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I had a really interesting example of this uh, over the last month, and someone, um, someone who did the podcast, who I don't know very well, which is pretty much most of the people that did the podcast mm-hmm. for the podcast. Like I know, I know all the people who've done the podcast, but like I don't think anyone that's done the podcast yet would be like one of my best friends as far as i know i'm afraid saying that now in case they are but i i know i think that's true um uh, especially that have been released thus far anyway yeah um and i was texting with them after just saying thanks very much for doing it really appreciate it i think it was a great episode and um just hope all is good with you and you were happy with like how it went mm-hmm. and uh got back and we just started like chatting back and forth so this is probably like you know 15 20 messages into the conversation and the person described me we were talking about stuff and they, they they said something like oh you're very aloof and i was like Ooh. i took that as and they i i know they didn't mean it as an insult and i've okay. actually spoken about it since but i took that a bit as like oh gosh i don't want to come across as aloof oh my god because aloof to me was like snobbish or like looking down on something oh no that was the connotation i took from it that's not what they meant they mm-hmm. kind of meant just like cool or composed or something which is not really who I would see myself as and mm-hmm. I would say people who know me well I don't think they would describe me as that and then I was trying to work it out and I was like well maybe it's like podcast me and like that like facts channel me it, I, it's yeah. me it's a very it's it, it's definitely like authentically me but it's it's a very specific part of me if that makes sense you know that, yeah that makes sense we all put on our different we all have our different like personalities that we just whip out at different times for some reason yeah um, but it's still part of us absolutely you know? it doesn't it doesn't feel phony to do it yeah. but yeah it's a real funny thing you know like sometimes in videos people go like i get this sometimes and people go like they're trying too hard and i'm like 
ah, like that that one that one always makes me laugh in a way because I'm always just like, of course I'm trying. I'm like, I've been brought in to taste something. Like I have yeah. to try and say something it's about a, it. It's hard because like we're given something and there is that pressure. You have to think of something. Like we're actively trying to think paid. of something funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't just sit there and taste it and kind of go, yeah, it tastes like chicken. Yeah, <laughs> like some of my worst videos that I've done have been the ones where I couldn't think of anything to say and I felt awful afterwards, you know. Yeah. Like of course I'm going to try because yeah. that's the worst feeling that or like you know have you ever had like a video come out and like you get like one line in the video and then you're watching you're like oh i didn't say anything good yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) that producer's never gonna want me back exactly i think i contribute nothing yeah yeah i know i know it's funny uh and i think people as well like don't understand that they're like edited like heavily Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like uh as in like it all happens like what we do but like they're editing like a, a, a bigger thing like and and sometimes i think people like forget that you know yeah and like all the stuff that is said that like doesn't go in you know like recently i said something kind of controversial on it that got a bit of a people that keep coming up to me like so this is this is probably going to come out in like a few weeks Uh so like it'll it's it's all forgotten about like after a day but like there was like a bit of like backlash online which is fine and it's kind of funny and it doesn't it doesn't um it's funny i thought that kind of stuff would affect me if people were like i hate that guy yeah it doesn't bother me at all no that's that's interesting i think it took me like a bit of getting used to to be honest yeah. but i think the only thing that i ever see someone say anything bad about me um has been like i don't know like my looks or something like that and i'm like yeah. i'm like i don't care because like looks could have hurt me oh yeah if someone if someone if someone like if someone was like oh that guy is fat i think that would honestly like affect me i think i'd just look in the mirror after that Mm. see it's the personality stuff that like gets me like if someone says what are they doing like they're spazzing out or something like that i'm like oh because i know i spaz out Ah." you know it's only when someone like points out something that i feel in myself that like is an insecurity of mine that's when it's like yeah same as yeah it's a weird one it's a weird one but um we were talking about aloofness we were talking about aloofness we 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 should like we we can move on i was just i was just saying it's it's interesting and i was saying i wondered was the reason that i came across as aloof was because that person like pretty much met me for the first time on the podcast and in in this situation i i'm probably like a little bit more like i'm by no means like an alpha male but in this situation i like talk a lot and be kind of like you know we're having a back and forth but Mm -hmm. like i know i can be like probably like dominant in a conversation or something you know what i mean yeah so i wondered like because I think that's what they meant as they meant it. they meant it as a compliment like kind of like composed and like yeah. has your shit together and articulate. I would love to be called aloof because really? I, f- I think that's so opposite to what I come across that I'm almost like I kind of crave like I'd love like for one someone to call me that because it's like oh wow you know yeah. I don't know yeah, yeah. so do you, would you do you think that you like how you come across um it depends on it depends on the day it depends on my mood sometimes like I really wish that I came across like a mystery or you know mm. like i've i really admire or i get kind of jealous of to be honest of like girls that come across like a almost like a manic pixie kind of like just very aloof like she disappears into the wind kind of type of woman because i i'll never be that you know yeah um yeah i can't remember your initial question but i don't know do you like how you're perceived i i think that was it yeah i think i do yeah all in all i think i do i think you should I had a very nice first perception of you. Oh, I think, Thank and from the videos. What's nice about you is you're very like similar in real life to like, yeah. Because I would have known you before we met from like 
YouTube, which is weird, you know? That's it's a weird thing. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shall we do another poll? Let's do another poll. Because uh, I haven't gotten a number. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm trying my best for you here. All right, number 15. 16. Oh. Who is the most memorable character from your hometown? Uh, uh, see, this I've listened to this question like in the episodes that I've listened to before. Uh, and I was trying to think of it myself because I knew you wanted me on here, Tom. I did, yeah. I wanted you. I wanted you bad. <laughs> uh, oh, wow, the evil laugh. That was came a little out. cackle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, panto villain. Calm yes. down there. <laughs> uh, the only thing I could think of was because um, I'm a North Dublin gal, I'm from Clester. So I. Clester kind of borders Donny Carney, our town, all these lovely little North Dublin suburbs. Uh, and I remember, like, in my childhood, there was a huge trend where uh, the women would wear, like, their pajamas outside. Mm. Um, so they'd be going around the shops, like, just walking around with their buggies, like, just wearing their pajamas. They didn't get dressed. And I, I, I always find that quite strange, which is weird in a way because it's like, why should I tell, why should I judge people, like, and how they dress? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. But I, I thought that was quite weird because I don't think in any other country in other, like that is a thing mm-hmm. like whatsoever that people just wear specifically like their pajamas outside. Maybe it's because I live in my pajamas. So like if I was to do that, I'd be like slept in my pajamas the night before, woke up and walked out the door. Yeah. But maybe these women, like I don't know what their system was. They were like putting on fresh ones or something. Yeah. But like I remember one of the women because these were like these were mams from what I remember. Mm-hmm. So they were like in their like thirties, forties. I remember one of the women saying to my mom, uh, Trish, why do you get all dressed up all the time when you're just going down like to do the weekly shop? Like I just put on my pajamas and I go. Yeah. I can kind of get behind that philosophy in a way, but it's just, I don't know. I just, it, when I imagine like weird figures from my hometown in my childhood, I just remember these women going around their pajamas, pushing boogies like, yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I because mm. I know, like, um, I, 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 probably wasn't like exposed. I didn't see much of that, like, um, from from where I was from. But uh, I remember it, like, hearing about it, like, on on like this phone show that I used to listen, like, for American listeners. It's like it's it was on FM one hundred four. It was uh, Adrian Kennedy and Jeremy Dixon, and mm-hmm. they had this phone show, and it was on like between nine in the evening and one a.m. I think. And I used to listen to it going to school. I used to fall asleep to it, and they kind of talked about like edgy stuff. Like sometimes they talk about like sex, and like sometimes they talk about women in pajamas, which are different. I know, but uh, <laughs> they, in, in the same program, <laughs> it was outrageous, and it was probably similar to like now why I like podcasts. I just like these two people like interacting. It it fascinated me, but I remember hear them talk about this and i was always kind of like um and i got what they meant because they kind of like were like ah it's classless and like why would you do it and like you'd never see that in fox rock kind of thing but i was kind of like ah they're comfy like i think it probably does have something to do with like how you were raised and like what what like emphasis was put on your life like were your family kind of very presentational and like they Mm. wanted everyone out the door to mass and like you know like buttoned up shirts to the top or was it kind of like no just be comfortable once once you're happy and you're 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 doing okay that's that's kind of nice it's like a revolution against the 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 posh bitches as they would say as i <laughs> yeah as the dunakarni ladies would say yeah yeah the boogie brigade exactly yeah, the boogie yeah. brigade i love that yeah amazing <laughs> yeah yeah good all right we go again let's go all right amazing let's do it okay here we go number number 42 
No. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm not no. doing. Uh, you can pick the next one out. Okay. Okay. I was determined to come in here and win this thing, but here we go. You know, it could happen. Let's see how long you've got left. How like much time. You've got. You've got like. You got about 15 minutes left. Oh Jesus. It could happen. Okay. Okay. All right. Let, let's give it a go. Okay. Let's give. Let's open ourselves to the universe. It could happen. All right. All right. We're just having too good of a chat. That's it. I think that is the problem. Um, but I'm gonna ask you a question anyway, right? So if you had to go back in time, okay, would you go back to the ages of 12 to 15 or 15 to 18? Uh. 12 to 15 because I feel like I could have done like more extracurricular activities that would have aided me in my career now like mm. I I was very interested in musical theatre it's still like a huge like like thing that I want to do and like I love so much but I don't have the dancing to match it I mean I can dance but I'm not like of a level and I remember can we high five yeah I'm the exact same yes <laughs> like I can sing I can act can't dance and like that's an issue and it, it kind of in a way like it's kind of like pulling me back a bit like from pursuing musical theatre like full time because mm-hmm. I'm so scared of my dance. Um, so yeah I think I would have like stuck myself in ballet and dance classes and get that bet into me like at that age and maybe done started learning guitar at that age at yeah. those ages now instead of like 20 now which is great that I'm doing it now and like, I can still pick up dancing now but like would have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I get you. That that's a really interesting answer, and I would have never thought about that. But I probably would agree. I never did any of that either, mm. and now that's what I do. And yeah, it's funny. Like, and I think sometimes maybe, and maybe it, it is a case of like dictating it. But like, even in terms of musicals and stuff, like I work in musicals like quite a lot, but mm-hmm. I I I don't like a lot of musicals. Uh, and tut, tut, tut. I know I don't sometimes I'm like this is stupid but like most of the time like when it's good it's so good because mm-hmm. like music can do this thing to you that nothing else can do and like you know it, 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 it's brilliant um, but what what I was going to say was that like do you think that 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 restriction so you're saying that you're a you're an actor singer uh, musician now which mm-hmm. is which is great and then so that restriction like okay so you're never going to be in cabaret or for oh that was the best or like you're never going to be in like a really heavy that that's not true cabaret you could actually be in you're yeah. never going to be in a really dancey show though like exactly. something like Footloose you know what I mean yeah exactly like that. that's what I should have said yeah. but like do you think that that's affected your taste like would you do you yearn to be in a Footloose or like say something like Les Mis or or or, or a Miss Saigon or Phantom of the Opera that doesn't really involve any dancing like I would that be more your taste I think when I listen to musicals um. I listen to them like imagining like this is a thing that I could be in. So it's actually yeah. it's almost a little painful to me uh, like if I am listening to a a musical that's very dance heavy because I know that I can't be in it in my head. So that kind of yeah. ruins the experience. So I'm almost like the other way where I'm like no I can't really go near like you know like so like Cats or American in Paris because I, I I can't. It's too painful. I like when I listen to stuff like musical like soundtracks I'm like oh like i'm imagining myself in the show yeah totally yeah yeah no that's really interesting that's really that's mm-hmm. really that's really true i never thought about that but i do that too you're yeah. right yeah, yeah so it's interesting i think yeah i think i let my like my limitations inform my taste a little bit i know you know an american in paris is probably lovely but i wouldn't know because i really can't bring myself to listen to it yeah yeah, yeah. we'll never know all right we go again yeah okay Number 51. Oh my god. Okay, you're going to pick the next now. I'm going to leave it over here to remind you. Okay, number 51. The question is happy or sad? Tell us about a moment in your life that you'll never forget. Um, A moment in my life that I'll never forget. Uh, Aside from this one with me. (laughs) 
spent in the headstuff studios. Oh my god! Finally said headstuff.org, headstuff podcast <laughs> network. <laughs> no, you distracted me. You Sorry. were doing that while I could think. Um. Uh, okay. I. Okay, I I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in uh, fifth class, I it was my last day of like like school and stuff like that. My mom and I had booked a holiday to go to Greece, and I came home and when I opened the door, like she was crying, and it turns out like her ex boyfriend had died, so. The next day, she was like, we still like went on the holiday, so she was like kind of like catatonic, kind of like like grieving and stuff. And I remember leading her through the airport and being like very independent, and it was me that was definitely like taking that kind of like role of like getting us to Greece in a way. Yeah. And like, you know, not to get like too personal or anything like that, because that's you know, um, that's definitely a moment that I'll remember that like kind of changed me in a way where suddenly it was like this mother figure suddenly it's not like concrete do you know what I mean yeah um and that yeah I always remember that like that's definitely a moment like in my life where I was like whoo like that was it definitely changed me in a way because I saw myself as like in a way like I have the abilities and like I have to you know there could be another time where I can where I'm gonna have to like guide my mom through something and be like the parent in a way Mm -hmm. um yeah, and like I obviously have the abilities because we got the grease and it was grand, you know. But yeah, that was definitely a moment that like sticks out for me where that like things kind of like shifted in my mind. And I was like eleven, so that was like a very like, you know, a very interesting like age for change happening in my life. Anyway, mm-hmm. for that to happen as well. Yeah, and so are you an only child? I'm an only child. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a weird moment as well. I have to imagine that like when you had to parent your parent yeah for a second and i think uh, i think most people have had a moment in their lives maybe it is yet to come where they will have to do that but like yeah. to have that happen at that like certain age it definitely like totally. shifted things for me in my mind and if this is too personal we can cut it out but i'm just yeah. gonna ask you because i'm like do you, do you is your dad in your life um he is but it he he doesn't live in the house and it you know i see him every once in a while yeah so like that i i again i i don't know because i i'm not in that situation but mm-hmm. i would imagine that that like creates a really there must be this incredible bond between you and your man because oh, in a way like obviously like there's still that mother daughter relationship but in a way you're kind of like these like weird little like life partners for yeah. each other too you know we're very much like yeah, we're we're kind of like mates, but at, at the same time, like we fight a lot, so we're like mates to fight a lot, but like we're bound together. Which is probably best mates, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, Who do you fight with? Probably the friends that you feel are worth a fight. Exactly. You know? Yeah. No, like I think about that a lot actually, because like me and my mom, like we've it's always been me and her together, and like those years where we spent like you know like watching TV together, just spending all our time together, going you know, getting the weekly shop together, you know, walking together. Um, like we spent I spent most of my time growing up yeah. like in my mom's company so it's yeah we definitely have like a very special bond yeah you know it's amazing yeah it's, it's great it's, it's really interesting beautiful. even though we kill each other still like yeah <laughs> yeah no but it's great it's yeah anything yeah anything that's like that close and like intense like yeah it's gonna go crazy up and down i'm not sure if i'm gonna have like another bond as like close 
like in my life, you know, as the one that I've had with my mom, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a crazy thought, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is I'm weird. I'm sure you will. I, I, I bet that like that relationship you have with your mom probably informs a lot of your other relationships, and maybe your future one. Like if mm. you, you know, decide to have like a partner down the line or decide to have children down the line, I guess like, I guess those relationships always like inform each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see, like so much like movies and theater and films and stuff. It's like the son repeating the mistakes of the father, the the mother, mm-hmm. being the, the, the daughter becoming what her mother was, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, like, in a really positive way, you've had this beautiful relationship with your mom and hopefully, like, it can, like, mm-hmm. ripple out into other aspects of your life. Exactly. Like, it, more and more, I'm becoming, like, more conscious of how much I am like my mom. You know, yeah. good and bad. Like, it's, it's very interesting just how much, like, obviously, like, if you spend that much time, like, in someone's company when they're growing up, you teach them to be, like, the only thing they can base like how to be a person off is the person that they're spending their time with yeah you know so I definitely I don't know yeah my mom is uh, she's so lovely like she she um she's very like kind of quiet and timid like anxious as well like me she's been in fax videos as well and like yeah I've seen her yeah she's oh she looks like crack she's she's amazing and she like she's we're the exact same where we we're very like open and we tell everyone like our secrets and we're like yeah so I'm feeling not great at the moment and yeah. I kind of love that like she made me be like this very earnest open person you yeah, know gorgeous. Yeah. yeah that's great will she listen to this do you think uh, I think she will do you want to say hello hi mom hey mom <laughs> hey um, <laughs> alright we've got five minutes left ah! okay you pick one you pick one let's see if you okay. can do better than me okay, okay. okay. alright I can't believe this has happened to me 22 no oh, we had 23 22 no look but the question is <laughs> I don't think this question has come up before this is a weird question and then the strangest place you've ever woken up okay uh, that's a weird <laughs> question I didn't know that was there and that's been there all along I feel like that's never come up weirdest place I've woken up hmm. I once woke up um, now this makes sense in the context of where I live I live on the north side of Dublin and I woke up on Paddy's Day morning in Sagart, like oh. the morning after um, uh, filming a film. And like we slept in the director's house. Uh, me and my friend were both like from the same area and we woke up on Paddy's Day, like the complete opposite end of Dublin. And we had to tr- try and like make our way home. Yeah, probably through the parade. Public transport, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was just one of those moments where we were like, we just woke up in a very strange place on Paddy's Day morning. And it was just like together, we were like, this is quite strange. And were you hungover? We were hungover. Okay, yeah. Probably. I was just wondering, like, did you kind of, like, you know when you wake up and you're kind of like, I forgot that I didn't go home to my bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I forgot I'm in Sagar. Like, yeah. Sagar is a weird sounding place as well. It is. A bit disconcerting. It sounds very like the Irish for priest, which was Sagar, I think. Sagar, I'm really bad with my Irish language. Oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. You look very Irish, so that makes up for it. <laughs> I don't really look very Irish. I kind of just look like... I think I look more British or American than I do I Irish. I think you look American, I think yeah. I look American too. You're quite tan as well. Yeah, which is weird because I shouldn't be. There's no reason for me to be tanned. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just an Irish boy with two pasty parents. <laughs> two pasty parents. That's the name of my autobiography, by the way. Uh, okay, let's do keep we have going. Time for no- okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pick again. <laughs> Three minutes. Uh, 48. No. Oh, my God. <gasps> if there was one thing you could change about Ireland, what would it be? 
I like this question. I don't think it's ever come up. Okay. Do your best. Really. This is like pressure to be smart now. Um, no. That is, you should be doing that. <laughs> Shamrock milkshakes all year round. Whatever you want. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, well, I'd have to say like separating the church and state, please. Because, you know, yeah. obviously um, it's completely... Uh, dictated how our country has been run and what we value like what types of people we value over other you know like especially with the recent news of like tomb and stuff like that it's really had me thinking like god like we're such a young country and everything and we didn't get off to a good start like you know completely like gluing ourselves to this like kind of flawed thing now obviously like i have friends that are catholic and like i i respect the catholic church but just not the people within the church in our country that have you know done these awful awful things so and it's still like in this day and age like there needs to be a separation there because it doesn't make sense anymore because like i I don't know the statistics of how many people in Ireland are Catholic anymore, but it seems weird that we have, like, on our national, like, broadcasting, like, channel, like, still, like, the Angelus that plays over there. Like, you know... Yeah, Ireland and Iran, I believe. Really? The only two countries in the world that have that. That's crazy. Yeah. See, like, we need to be more accommodating to... Yeah. ...what people are actually... The real people of Ireland are like now. Yeah, it it's fascinating. Mm. and it's difficult and i agree i think you're right and do you know uh for the longest time it probably would have i i was never i don't think i would have like i was definitely religious growing up Mm -hmm. uh, first of all um but and i i i think what the catholic church has done is disgusting and indefensible um and then there's the other human side of, of, of it, which is, and I don't connect the two because I think they're very different, but you see these priests, you know, who've dedicated their lives to, to helping people and trying to guide people through of course. the world spiritually. Like th- They're just a fundamentally good person, regardless of whether they were like, um, you know, like uh, Jewish or Muslim or, or, or yeah. atheist, whatever. They're just a good person. And I was, I, was, I was actually at my granddad's anniversary mass this weekend and the priest is just incredible and he's so good to my granny and my granny's really religious. Just like mm-hmm. really like fundamentally like Catholic and I was like it must be so embarrassing for him to be associated with these scumbags who yeah. buried like 800 kids in Tume and like around the country and who've sent women like the way the women have been treated and the way young boys and girls have been abused like it's crazy yeah it's awful and then on the other hand you see how like my granny after my granddad's passing I know that religion is the only thing that's keeping her with us you know and i know that too but you just can't defend the institution the institution is so rotten that's Whereas it. i don't think there's anything wrong you know they people there's some atheists who can be very militant and be like you know and, and maybe this is a bit of a caricature but who think you know that anyone who like believes in god or whatever like that's just bullshit how can you do that like in the age of science and all, like I, i'm not like that i'm i like i completely understand the need for like a, a higher power and stuff but the institution is is got to the point where you just can't stand over anymore no yeah. Very well said. Okay. Boom. All right, let's do one more. Okay. Let's do one more. Uh, do you want to pick it? You pick it. I'll pick it. You pick it. Okay, right. okay, okay. Uh, 57. Nope, unfortunately. Oh, it's no. Oh, you were 54, worst. right? I had 54. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah. Personality bingo. You've, you've lost personality bingo. Basically. Here we go. That is my uh, <laughs> But what I will say about um, 57 that came out, it's a nice question to end on, I think. Okay. 
and it's brand new. It was the one uh, that I just added in today. Oh. Brand new question. You're the first person to ever be asked it. You should feel very privileged. I, I feel very privileged. Also. Hashtag blessed. Oh my God, so blessed. Also, because I've listened to this podcast, like I know the other questions. Right. So this is yeah, I think you're the first bit. person who's like, who's who's been a, a listener. So that's brilliant. And thank you. That's really sweet. No problem. I'm so glad. It's really cool when people that you admire like something that you make. That's great. I think you're a very admirable person. Oh, thank you so, so much. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Finishing on some bread buttering uh, <laughs> and a lovely question. What are your dreams for the next five years? Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> um, My dreams. It's weird because it, like even when I'm trying to think of it right now, I'm trying to like I'm trying to think realistically as well. Like I would love to. Hey, these are dreams, man. Oh, these are dreams. These are dreams. Okay. No, well, sorry, no, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like, no, no, don't no. censor yourself. If you want an Oscar, that's okay. Nicole, you're on the podcast. Be confident. You got this. You're yeah. great. Okay, we're back in. Aloof, aloof, aloof. aloof. <laughs> you're so aloof. Oh my god. Everybody's like, who's that mystery girl? Oh my god. Right. Okay. So my dreams. I would love to because musical theater is such a big thing for me. Like I would love to like by some miracle in the next five years beyond like the west end or even broadway because it's such a big thing for me you yeah. know i would love to be um just working you know in acting singing writing whatever and just being able to live off that again like going back to the question that we had before like i would just love to be able to just just be living with my art doing my doing my thing and living off my art and uh you know get out of the parents home yeah in the next five years that'd be great yeah 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 <laughs> yeah um and just hopefully like obviously be more accepting and loving of myself and like be more outspoken to be able to stand up to to the haters and misogynists on twitter and stuff like that and just be able to be a bit more kind of um I don't know more assertive in a way we can all be a little bit more yeah like, confident and more you know loving of ourselves so i would love that too I think that's great yeah. yeah i think you're doing a really good job Aww. you're doing a good job thank you um, <laughs> thank you so much for doing it uh before i let you go um let me like okay do you have anything that you want to plug do you have any social media anything that you just want to let the let the lovely listeners know okay so um my play, Both Sides Now, is going to be in the Dublin Gay Theatre Festival from the 1st to the 6th of May. <laughs> gay! Super gay! The appropriate use of that. Yes! Sorry. Um, it's a, it's a one-woman show starring me, and I sing and uh, play Joni Mitchell music, and it's about me being uh, bisexual. Well, it's a character, but it's, you know, it's obviously... Yeah. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be based on my life in a certain way, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Nicole O'Connor, but O'Connor with one N, so O C O N O R, um, and I have a Facebook page now. Oh, I was so nervous about that, yeah, because I was like, I have to just even the notions that comes with, you know, making an artist page on Facebook, it it didn't make me feel a hundred percent comfortable, but you can like that and sued all of my risking my my pride yeah. um at nicole o'connor page on facebook.com 
Boom. Amazing. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, well, everyone go check out the uh, Both Sides Now because all I've heard is incredible reports. And it's going to be with my friend and yes. the theatre company I'm involved with, Squad. Uh, they have a show on Wasting Paper and they're in the same bill. So, like, yeah. it's a double it's a double whammy. My lovely friend, Leah, Leah Moore, and my other lovely friend, Kira Smith, who's actually going to be on the podcast in a, before you come out. Um, so, it's going to be great. It's going to be like a little gay theatre festival plug. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be what? It's a wonderful hour of theatre. So, like, if you want to see me, you want to see Squad, Squad or Berlin. It's like, just, just come see it and it's it's about kissing girls and I'm sure Leah's is about kissing girls too so let's it is. let's you know oh that's great kissing, yeah you I write about kissing girls too yeah oh my god so like <laughs> this is just great uh, alright it's been so much fun thank you so much thank for doing you so much for having right. me amazing So, guys, that was Nicole O'Connor playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. First of all, a massive thank you to Nicole for taking the time to do it. I really appreciate it. And as I said at the top, guys, please do check out her play in the Dublin Gay Theatre Festival and also check out Squad Theatre Company's play um, written by Leah Moore and starring Kira Smith, former guest of the show. I've always wanted to say that. That felt great. Um, guys, uh, first of all, a few thank yous. Um, a massive thank you to Head Stuff Podcast Network for having us um, you can find them and us and the general collective at headstuff.org also a huge thank you to Leah Moore and Anthony Manley <laughs> what a great name Anthony Manley I wish I was called Tom Manley that would be great um, for their music you can check them out at More Than Machines also a huge thank you as always to Connor Nolan who did the daily artwork for the podcast and also a massive thank you to Taz Kelleher the boss man uh, for producing editing and mixing personality bingo Guys, please do check us out on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, it means the world to hear from you. And please do spread the word. Um, if you think you know someone who would like this, just uh, tell them to give it a try. One of the best compliments um, that we've got a couple of times uh, via Twitter is, hey, I'm not really a podcast person, but uh, I tuned in to listen to so-and-so, and I really enjoyed it. So that, 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 that really means the world. I would love to uh, convert some non-podcast fans into podcast fans. And I think the personality bingo is a pretty accessible way to do that. So if you know someone who you think might like this kind of a thing, a little bit funny, a little bit serious uh, all that good stuff please do let them know um, also just check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher wherever you get your podcasts make sure to give us five stars and leave a little comment because that helps keep us up in the charts and we haven't been in the charts in a few weeks and I really like rubbing shoulders with Mark Maron and Jarlath Regan and Joe Rogan that that felt great so let's uh, let's try get Personality Bingo back up there as I said we've got a really really exciting episode coming out in the next few weeks and we've got these uh, amazing uh, few American episodes which I'm really excited to share with you guys so make sure that you tune in next week for part one of uh, our American tour of Personality Bingo. Uh, it's Carly Kane. Carly is one of the funniest comedians um, that I've uh, had the pleasure of uh, being friends with and of chatting to. And I think you guys will really, really, really enjoy that episode. So, guys, until Carly's episode next week, a massive thank you to Nicole and a massive thank you to you guys for listening to Personality Bingo with Tom Moore. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.